0: Hello and welcome to the first, is this the first ever episode of the State Press Sports Podcast or have they done this before?
1: I th- I think this this is would be the first ever of a, a sports specific one, yeah. I mean, right. we, like we've done uh, Barry Bonds episodes, but yeah, for, first one for just sports.
0: Oh wow, this is the first ever episode of the State Press Sports Podcast. My name is Kogi Riley. I'm here with Alex Coyle. We are... The state press sports editors at the state press, and uh, we wanted to check in today and do a do a podcast on the MLB draft. It it just compute, con- concluded a few days ago, as of this recording, and uh, we just kind of wanted to get our thoughts out about all that's happened. And it was a historic night for ASU baseball, Alex.
1: Yeah, it was uh, ASU. Obviously, it was only a five round draft, uh, but still set some program records. Had. Um, five players selected in the first four rounds of the draft and even had two incoming um, freshmen drafted. So we'll see if um, those guys sign or if they'll decide to come back to ASU. But um, yeah, the most uh, draft picks of anybody, of any school this season and um, most in the first four rounds uh, in program history.
0: And ASU gets to sort of extend their lead, their all-time lead in terms of drafted players um, from a program in NCAA history. Well. We should probably start off at the top, and when I mean at the top, I mean the very top of the MLB draft where ASU had uh, the number one overall selection, Spencer Torkelson uh, uh, by the Detroit Tigers. Uh, This wasn't a huge surprise given how really incredible (laughs) Torkelson was in his two and a quarter years at ASU. Um, So there wasn't any huge surprises here other than the fact that maybe he was selected as a third baseman despite playing little Leno third base. Wow, with the Sun Devils. Um, There's been a lot of talk about Torkelson getting picked as a third baseman. What was your reaction to that?
1: Yeah, it was a thing where um, I didn't even, like, hear it because I was not looking for it. It, Like, that was not even the thing that even crossed my mind coming into it. Um, And speaking to um, Jim Callas and and, uh, ASU's hitting coach, Michael Early before, they kept harping on his, versatility and i'm like why are they why are they talking about this like why do they keep saying you know he can play anywhere he can play anywhere when we know he's a um he's gotten much better at first base and when he came on um as a freshman and has been um uh, i guess in the last year uh, a plus defender there you could say a, a above average for a college player there uh, you know especially when you tie in that power and offensive uh stature but when they they were saying um, don't be surprised if he can play some third base uh, or some corner outfield uh, in the minors. I was like, yeah, I, I don't understand that. And then he actually gets drafted, and you start to think, you know, is that where he's going to be? Like, can he succeed there?
0: I I think the corner outfield is a very interesting proposition because he did play a, like a, a, a decent amount of corner outfield in the beginning of his college days, and he played some left field in the Cape, the cape cod baseball league as well he didn't seem very natural out there I'll, I'll say i'll say that to say the least um as someone who did who did watch, watch him play um some outfield at the cape but i i think it's really in- interesting i think the tigers want to at least explore this idea because a he is a good athlete and b th- when when you have the number one overall pick you want to be able to use him in more spots other than a b- be like a first base dh type um, there hasn't been a corner, in fact, there hasn't been a corner infield infielder picked with number one overall pick since Adrian Gonzalez back in 2000. So, I, I think they want to try this idea. They see he's a, obviously an excellent athlete and he's such a good hitter that even if he does just stick at first base, he's a franchise-esque player. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see if he sticks there. But I think what was really interesting with the Tigers draft and I think the, the ultimate reason why they went with Torkelson with the number one overall pick instead of a guy like say, AC, AC Lacy, the pitchers, because the Tigers organization is loaded with young pitchers, right? Like Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, all these guys are potential top of the rotation starters and uh, Riley Green is their, is their top offensive, uh, offensive player. He's a really young outfielder. Uh, He's number 31 on MLB Pipeline's prospect rankings. They needed to boost up. They had a really good farm system anyway, but they need to boost up their hitting. And now you add in a guy like Torkelson, and that you know that problem's been solved already.
1: Right, exactly. And um, obviously the tiger with the Tigers draft, and it was pretty ASU heavy as well. Um, with Torkelson Workman and incoming freshman Colt Keith. And the thing with all three of those, they were announced as at least partially as third baseman. Keith was announced as a pitcher slash third baseman. So they're going to see what's best for him. I, I, I project Keith as more of um, the offensive kind of guy. Um, and, and again, in talking to Coach Early, um, he saw the talent there years ago. Uh, and it, it was really surprising because you see Torkelson – majority first baseman workman third base, but the unique thing about him, he's a switch hitter and, and is pretty much the same hitter from both sides that he showed at the beginning of this year. And then Keith, who can play in the middle of the field. So maybe what they're trying to do is throw as many shots at the dartboard and see who can land at third when they know they have backup options um, for, for the other two guys.
0: Yeah. And you really, the tiger's entire draft was all hitters. Right. And that wasn't a mistake with the amount of pitching depth they already have. Dylan Dingler, which was their second-round pick, he's a catcher out of Ohio State. Danny, Daniel Cabrera, who really succeeded in the Cape um, as as the competitive balance draft pick in the second round. Uh, Trey Cruz, who got drafted out of Rice as a shortstop, to go along with the three ASU players, well, technically three, um, two, two to be exact. But... I think this is a good segue to talk about Gage Workman's selection in the fourth round. Um, some were expecting him to be more of a second or third round selection, but I, I think some teams may have been af- maybe afraid of the fact that he hasn't been able to hit for as much power as you'd expect for a guy of his size. Um, what was your reaction to him falling all the way to the fourth?
1: Yeah, something that um, really was the question mark for him, and, and I think why he slid was his signability. Um, And uh, you can kind of save some money if you draft him later than than if you were draft him high slot value. Um, He's very young for the the age group he is in. I mean, he's only 20 currently. um, And he's through his junior eligibility um, uh, in the NCAA. So he can come back and still be 21 after his his fourth season and, and get that draft. Uh, get drafted and, and have that because um, 21-22 is kind of where scouts are like yeah I don't know we're gonna uh, you kind of lose your leverage so I think that was part of an issue and then you mentioned the power he struggled with that until the, literally the last game ASU played he had a home run from both sides of the plate and, and showed the power so um, power can work but he's a good hitter and and uh, coach early thinks that he could be a gold glover at third base he's he Um, said that he doesn't know for sure what a gold Glover um, is made of but uh, he assumes that uh, Workman has to start for that.
0: Yeah I'm impressed with Workman's glove. Um, I thought he was even stronger defensively as a shortstop when he got to play there a little bit in the Cape League. I got to cover him on a day-to-day basis in the Cape, got to cover him with the Sun Devils and I've seen his development really for the last two years and it's been really interesting to see him just sort of grow into becoming this excellent fielder, but I, I think the big thing with him is cutting down the strikeouts and finding a way to, um, to improve that power tool because he has the frame and the athleticism to be a really, really good hitter, everyday hitter. So it, it, I think it was a it was a fascinating draft for the Tigers to say it the least.
1: Yeah, because um, basically again going that third, third, third route, you get the for sure offensive guy in Torkelson. You get the for sure defensive guy and Workman, and then you get the young talent that can really develop into anything, whatever you want, kind of more the raw guy, you develop him um, with that fifth round pick. So it's interesting to see if they can sign Keith and sign Workman, um, but if, if they do, they get all three, um, and, and you know one of them is going to work a third. I mean, st- statistics will say that.
0: I think given – maybe we can get into this more later, but I, I think given the fact that it was only a five-round draft makes me makes me feel at least that there's a better chance that there's going to be a lot more signings this year from right, yeah. some of these guys. Like, you have to have a lot of confidence in being able to have the money to shell out and sign the guy. Was, I mean, it's part of the reason why some of these players like a workman or a Cole Wilcox out of Georgia fell all, that far in the draft. It was a lot of it because some teams just – either they liked the player and they just didn't have the finances to sign him because of the picks they made earlier or some teams that would punt on a pick uh, a punt is a little too strong of a word, but I, I think, you know, what you're, what I'm trying to say <laughs> and, um, and try to save that money to pick a guy they really like later in the draft. Um, right. So I, I think this is a good time to transition to the Tampa Bay Rays and why Tampa is because with their competitive balance pick in the first round, they selected Aik Williams. He was the last selection in that first day of drafting, which was the first round and the competitive balance a round, the first a round, so which is part of the first round. it's It's a really complex whole system that it would take days for us to really get into. Right. Um, but either way, Williams was the thirty seventh overall pick in the draft. Um, played all his – really played, I think, around – I I want to say around halfway through his freshman year, they switched him and Drew Swift um, between second and short. And ever since then, Williams has stuck as a shortstop. And I think what, what scouts have have consistently said about him is what they like him about him most is the fact that he projects to be a sh- uh, just a shortstop going down the line. You can't say that a lot about guys who are drafted as shortstops. At a college or, in especially high school, even. So, what was your reaction to Williams getting picked by the Rays? The end yeah, of the-,
1: the the thing that Jim Callis told me was, he is probably the best defensive shortstop from the college on the college side in the draft. That's the so, shortstop is is a position where. A lot of it is defense, and 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 as we said with with Workman earlier, he is a sure thing at shortstop. Now, the offense is gonna is is basically the question mark, um, and then uh, talking to Coach Early, he really said that he, they looked into it and, and they thought Williams was doing too much at the plate early on in his Sun Devil career. Um, looking at the two strike counts, you do better in two strike counts than in hitters counts because in two strike counts he's just trying to put the ball in play and not do too much for it. Um, I was in attendance for his first uh, collegiate home run at Cal State Fullerton last year. Um, he ended up with, with four home runs uh, in that season, had one early this year and Coach Early thinks that he would have had double digits and then hit um, in the high 300s. Hit 333 last season, which um, f- jumping up 53 points from 280 is freshman season, and in the Pac-12, that's no slouch, um, especially with the kind of lineup that he was hitting in. Um, you know, there were really no holes, so um, he-, he was getting the best stuff that that anybody could throw at him, and he was still um, getting on one of one out of every three times.
0: Mm. Um, I, I don't have too many questions about Williams's hit tool. Uh, he was on Team USA for a reason. He, I don't think, right. he'd just be a defense, uh, like a defensive specialist in the minor leagues, and if he makes the majors, it's a very different league out there. But I, I don't think he'll be a total minus on that s- side of the base of the baseball. But I think the issue here, I, I guess with that what some scouts and some teams have problems with is the is the lack of a frame, the the, the lack yeah. of power potential. Um, Keith Law in his report, um, the the athletics Keith Law said that he would be lucky if he would if it would be lucky if Williams was a grade 40 um, power hitter by the time he reaches the major leagues and he has added some muscle and size since his freshman year at ASU but he had never hit a home run until in his life until summer ball after his freshman season so he's <laughs> I mean, he has improved a little bit in that area, but it's tough to see him ever hitting 15 home runs in the LB season.
1: That's right, which, which which, makes the Rays the perfect spot for them. because they're not necessarily looking at um, – uh, you know, if, if there were any Moneyball franchise today, it would be the Rays. You know, they're the most analytical team in baseball. I mean, you could obviously argue that, but I, I believe they're the most analytical team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to – go out and sign an Aaron Judge, they're going to win it with the numbers. So at the shortstop spot, are they going to be, how? what are they going to be expecting from him on the offensive side? Obviously, um, he's going to hit for a decent average if his college numbers project. Obviously, he struggled this year, but brought it back uh, towards the end before the season got cut. Um, he's not, obviously, he's not going to hit a ton of home runs, but that glove is so great there arm is a little iffy sometimes um, in terms of arm strength but that's again something that you mentioned once he gains that 20 30 pounds of muscle um, when you get in a pro development um, lifting system uh, who who knows
0: Mm -hmm. that's for sure um before we move on i do want to touch on the raise system which is really fascinating because i'd say of their top six seven prospects three of them Can play shortstop if not our shortstops and one of them is the number one prospect in major league baseball and that's wander franco he's a short a young shortstop still a teenager actually or is he 20 i'm not 100 sure i have to double check that but regardless he is a shortstop he will be somewhat in the way of williams um vidal brujan and xavier edwards are also up the middle players and it's really interesting to see the rays sort of load up even more um up the middle of the field especially defensively because all well, these guys can defend
1: right yeah and they also drafted another shortstop in the draft tanner murray from uc davis mm-hmm. um with their fourth round selection so uh, again i'm um, getting two shortstops there so again depth is going to be a strength the rays there but um might be some more guys for williams to jump um but another asu connection that the rays drafted hunter barnhart pitcher um, that was gonna be a signee. Um, they took him in the third round. So, um, again, is he gonna be signed? Usually that third round, um, especially with the five round draft, I would say yes. Um, but uh, another ASU connection goes to the Rays.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's really the Rays and the Tigers really dipping into that ASU system, five players yeah. um, combined from just, really just those two teams. Uh, next player, the next highest ASU selection um, was with the 99th overall pick. The Yankees selected Trevor Hover. Yeah. Before Gage Workman, which was a surprise to some, um, but I think what's even more notable here is that Hover was drafted as a second baseman, despite never. I don't remember him ever playing an inning of second base at ASU. But I will say he when he came out of high school, he was an infielder. So there is a history there of flexibility, but let me pose this question to you, Alex. Why did the Yankees Trevor Hover, draft Trevor draft Trevor Haver as a second baseman? Why do you think? Well,
1: obviously you don't necessarily draft. Obviously, um, relief pitching is kind of different. You don't draft for your major league team, but you look at that major league outfield. You got Stanton under contract for a while. You have. Judge, um, who's going to be there for a long time. You got other guys in the out, outfield, Hicks. Um, so the outfield's log jammed at the major league level, which causes it to get log jammed at the minor league level as well. Um, Hover, a guy that doesn't have the greatest arm from the outfield necessarily. So, as you mentioned, came into college as an infielder. Second base could be a good position um he's he's he has great lateral quickness so uh middle infield is going to be solid for him um and it's a good place for his bat to he can focus on his bat and he has plus numbers at the second base position as opposed to a corner corner outfield position
0: yeah it's i think it's really fascinating what the yankees did they picked three college players um first they went they picked selected arizona's Austin Wells with the 20th pick in the first round. Um, really good hitting catcher. And then they didn't have a second round pick um, due to the fact that they signed Garrett Cole. And so in the third round, they picked up Hover with the 99th pick. And it, I, I think Hover is an appeal to some of these MLB teams because of the fact that he can get on base and he has some power potential um, and he could potentially move around the field in terms of there is some, there is a history there in the infield, there's history there in the outfield. Um, and it really depends on how high you think a player like him and his ceiling is. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I, I kind of wish he didn't strike out as much as he does. But regardless, there isn't too many gaping holes in his game as there is um, even in, in a workman who who might have the higher ceiling but does have the power problem. Um, or Williams, who also has that similar sort of power problem. Um, yeah, Hovers, Hovers a really solid player and does a really excellent job of getting on base, and, and that's going to be appeal for any team. And as for the sec- the whole second base aspect, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll see. We, mm-hmm. we really don't know because we didn't really get a ch- much of a chance to see him play that much second base.
1: Right, exactly. Going back to those offensive numbers, um, consistency in in the average, um, his sophomore season, 339 average. Um, In 17 games of his junior season, 339 average. Now, something that did, um, you mentioned he struck out a lot. This year was the first season that he walked more than he struck out. So there is a little bit of a development there. Um, On-base percentage rose uh, 61 points. from season to season. Um, From his freshman to his sophomore season, it jumped from 344 to 433. Um, Then it jumped from 433 to 494. So obviously um, did a very good job protecting Spencer Torkelson. Slugged 695, um, 20 RBI in 59 at-bats compared to 50 RBI in 242 at-bats from the season prior. So obviously a little small sample size, but he was hot. He was, was, um, Coach Hurley thought he was the um, second best hitter in the Pac-12 behind Spencer Torkelson this season. Obviously that's kind of the hitting coach kind of trying to get his guys higher on the list, but um, he showed it. He, he, he was able to protect Spencer Torkelson, and he put up some really good numbers.
0: And I think it's interesting the Yankees went with two hitters toward the top of their draft board, given that right now, with the state of their system, their, their top two prospects are pitchers, including Davy Garcia and Clark Schmidt. Um, and they had a young kid named Jason Dominguez, who no one's really seen much of but apparently he's a really high ceiling player but besides that they don't have a ton so they needed to hit on these two picks which is probably why they went with two um, guys who can get on base one way or another from the college game and Austin Wells and of course ASU's Trevor Hover well uh, the final Sun Devil the the fifth uh, Sun Devil to get picked in the first four rounds Uh, was R.J. Dabovich. He was selected in the fourth round by the San Francisco Giants. And Dabovich came in as a junior college recruit um, the previous season. And he's a guy who's who's really popped when it comes to his velocity on the mound. So what was your reaction to him getting selected within the first four rounds?
1: Yeah, so he really projects as a relief pitcher. He's not consistent enough throwing strikes to be a starter. He doesn't that have that much of a development of a second pitch, although he did try to develop a slider, curveball, slurve combination, some some sort of off speed pitch that helps him um, earlier this season. So he's he's gonna project as a relief pitcher, which does help him though, because he can he's a guy that Can be on the fast track to the big leagues to help a rotate a a bullpen rotation. Obviously, the Giants are going to be contending um, relatively soon, but um, whenever they do, if they make a shocking run in whatever 48 game schedule they play this year, you never know. Um, The the ERA for me um, again small sample size because we that's the only season we had to go off of um, in 2020, but 2019 4.75 ERA. 0.77 0.77 ERA this year. Um, they pretty much used him exclusively um, as a closer, four saves, had three saves a season ago, only allowed three hits, one earned run, um, 17 strikeouts in um, just over, in almost 12 innings. So strikeout numbers are tremendous, but it's getting the walks down is going to be something, mm-hmm. um, and keeping the composure if something goes wrong.
0: Mm. Um, I would totally agree, and given that small, but given that small sample size, it, and and certainly helped him. But I don't think he would have been a top five round pick if it weren't for his strong outing on the Cape. Um, he yeah, showed exactly. he could be a really effective reliever, and his fastball, from what I saw at least, was mid nineties with movement, and that's a that that's not a that's that's a rare thing to see. So and. You can give credit credit to Dabovich for making himself into a, a top four round pick. Um, he does need to if he can develop that second pitch. You can certainly help a major league team's bullpen. Um, well, Alex, those are the five to seven, I guess. <laughs> uh, ASU draftees in this year's MLB draft. Um, again, as we said earlier at the top, this is the first time. To- this is the first time in ASU draft history where the Sun Devils had. Five players drafted in the first four rounds of the MLB draft. Um, part of that might, may have had to do with the fact that it was a shortened draft. Regardless, it, it ASU had a lot of talent on their team. Um, so, yeah, that'll be that'll about do it for me. Uh, do you have any uh, parting thoughts, Alex?
1: No, uh, just just one more thing on Spencer Torkelson that that I I thought was interesting is okay. uh, uh, something that Jim Callis said that he was the most, um, he, he was probably the best collegiate hitter to come out of the draft since uh, Mark Teixeira, uh, in two thousand
0: one. So, That's a lot of two thousand, Adrian Adal's first overall pick was yep. a corner infielder. Two thousand one, Mark Teixeira, um, yeah, and. and that that's a that's a very fascinating observation. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll about do it for us uh, here at the State Press Sports Podcast. Um, I believe this is the first ever. We believe at least this is the first ever edition, and uh, I uh, we hope to be uh, talking to you guys again uh, sometime in the near future. Hopefully next week. I don't know. We haven't sort of totally uh, planned that part out yet. But uh, for, some sports. Exactly sports though. Exactly. Um, so for Alex and I, uh, thank you for listening.